From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, and where are you, Luke? Boone, North Carolina. This is Teeing Up Presents, the Sunday Sprint on Friday, September 30th. Luke is uh, one of those on-the-road announcers for the Citadel, uh, but his heart is in Charleston. Um, and we give our best to the folks in Florida and in Charleston. This show may mean nothing to you. This show may mean everything to you as a, as a, dis, as a distraction. And we send our very best to everybody there. Is there anybody you, or sorry, anything you, anything you would like to add to that? Yeah, no, I echo what you said. I mean, uh, I'm sure people have seen it, but uh, pretty devastating what happened in South Florida. So, um, it's not my first rodeo. It's not Charleston or Florida's first rodeo. So yeah, for all those impacted, certainly we send our, uh, our best, uh, cause, uh, this storm is pretty brutal. It has not been the first time that the NFL has had the head injury issues. Um, you always look for the red hat. Red hat is the independent neurologist. Whenever that person comes on the screen, Luke, you always know it's the head injury. Now, could it have been an inadvertent contact from somebody? Could it have been just a precautionary measure? You never know. And you find out. Jets had that with Sauce Gardner last week. This week, unfortunately, uh, we saw the system collapse around Tua. The, Dolph, the uh, uh, Bengals won that game 27-15. Is there anything about the actual game that you would like to note here of Thursday Night Football? Anything besides Tua? win for the Bengals, they got to win, but it's hard to take anything away because when something like that happens, I mean, even Ryan Fitzpatrick was almost breaking down in tears at halftime, and he's not even playing in the game, so it's hard to expect that the Dolphins players themselves, after something like that happens, can go out there and continue to give their best effort the rest of the way. So it was a good win for Cincinnati, a win they needed, but at the same time, it's hard to uh, look at that as a normal victory just because of the circumstances that, that both sides were dealing with in that game once the, the two injured occurred yeah very unfortunate and very um scary here's my take on the c word it's an ocd thing for me it's an obsessive compulsive 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 disorder thing for me because of my history with seizures with seizures and epilepsy. Jeremy, you're talking too fast. Thank you. Um, and the way that I look at um, situations like that is that he should have never come back in the game last week. He should have never played this week. Something with the system collapsed. And it's almost like, Luke, I would love for those players. Like, I almost wish he didn't fly back with the team and was forced to stay in another city um, that city for, like, a week. And you get all the food and 
and medical needs you need and you get your trainers around you and there's holograms of your players and family and all that like but i just wish you were detached from the team so that we could try to get to the bottom of how the system failed to a I do agree with you. I was surprised by the news that, you know, he was being released last night and then even being put on a plane right away to, to fly back. Obviously, there's people a lot smarter than me that, that uh, know what's best and how all this stuff works. And uh, we obviously hope the best for Tua here moving forward. Yeah, when you see what happened this past Sunday, right? Last night in a vacuum is, is bad in, it, in itself. But then you put it behind what just happened Sunday a few days earlier, and it makes it look just awful, awful situation for the Dolphins, for the NFL, and how this whole thing was handled. And it's Thursday Night Football, too, and this is the concern that some detractors have had about the quick turnaround or putting a guy back out there not even just a week later, but just a few days later after what happened on Sunday to go play Thursday uh, Thursday Night Football while traveling in between. And, you know, it's a lot of, of stress on a body, and you put a guy out there, and Tua takes another hit last night, and it leads to that ugly scene where he's down for almost 10 minutes and has to be taken off on a stretcher, and it's just it's a, a horrendous uh, image or scene or just story this week for the NFL, and I imagine somebody's going to pay for it. Um, hopefully Tua himself doesn't have to pay too much for what his body just went through these last couple of days, um, but something well, I imagine will come from this because, yeah, it's just it's an awful look for, as you said, the system, certainly the Dolphins, even just Thursday Night Football in general, and the NFL, and I'm curious to see with the investigation and everything what we, what we get from this because I think um, uh, uh, somebody is going to pay the price for what transpired this week. And and, and uh, re- remember, folks, Roger Goodell was in the building last night. Yeah. So he saw every single second of it. And compounding concussions, secondary con- uh, concussions, are, there's, there's a couple medical terms that basically mean the same thing. Um, not fun for anyone. And that hit wasn't crazy. It was like a wrestling tackle, basically. But just yep. on top of what had happened earlier, um, really, really unfortunate. And um, really scary for Tua, who everybody says is a likable guy. And just all the best to Tua and his family that they can get that situation under control and make sure that his brain is functioning uh, as best it can. So... Uh, that is the Dolphins situation. 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Your Vikings fly to play. The Saints, who are not going to have their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, um, at the helm in London. We've talked for years about playing on different surfaces, playing over, you know, over over oceans, how much equipment can you can you get over there properly? All that jazz. Um, it's it's, a, it's an interesting week from a Vikings perspective because you can take advantage here and get a win, and, and I think your buys in the uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, coming up uh, uh, in about three weeks. Sorry, and, and and you come off a win, a hard fall win, twenty eight twenty four over Detroit. So, bottom line here is you have an opportunity to get on a little bit of a run, uh, whereas the Saints have some health issues. 
Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, in regards to what you said about the buy, I mean, I don't think they changed the rule. You used to be able to pick the week before or the week after the trip like this to have your buy to help out, and uh, yet the Vikings buys in a couple of weeks. So I don't know if they turned that down or what. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they, they play the Bears next week. But what's always interesting about these trips is just how different people handle it. And when you look at the Vikings, well, both these coaches are, are first-year coaches. At least Dennis Allen has been a head coach before. I don't think he ever coached in London as a head coach. But, uh, for example, the Vikings left early, uh, later in the week. They wanted to make their London trip as short as possible. They thought that was the best thing for them to kind of you know stay home a little bit longer in your own beds at your own facility instead of doing a whole week in London. The Saints kind of did the opposite. So it's always interesting to see just you know which team handles this situation better or what works better for each team. And when they take the field on Sunday, we'll see who looks more ready to go. But as you said, the Saints have some, some injury issues. Uh, maybe I'm just being a, a biased, optimistic fan, but I don't know. For some reason, I feel really good about the Vikings in this spot, whether it's Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. Either way, I think the Vikings are the better team. Uh, I don't like the Saints coach. The Saints offense has been pretty poor so far. They haven't covered a spread yet, so they've been underachieving through the first couple of weeks. And uh, I think the Vikings coming off that dramatic win last week, you're always fearful for a Kirk Cousins a letdown in a isolated game like this, but I just like this matchup for some reason for Minnesota. I think they're the better team. I think they're a better coach. I think they have a better quarterback, uh, and hopefully that travels well to London. Jesus, you don't like the Vikings at all, do you? <laughs> hey, I'm usually pretty uh, pessimistic for some reason. I, I don't know. I feel really good about this, which, which probably means they're going to lose by Whenever I feel good, they get blown out, so they're probably going to lose by 30, but for some reason, I really like this matchup on Sunday. I think the Vikings should handle business. Uh, the Jets get to roll through the AFC East, and now they face, uh, sorry, uh, North, and now they face Pittsburgh with Zach Wilson back, and that's the big question mark. Everybody knows that. They have offensive line issues. Everybody knows that. The defense, can you communicate, please? Can you talk to each other? Can we not have penalties? Can we play by the rules? Can we cut out the stupid stuff? Two straight weeks of being out of a game because we could not cut out the stupid stuff. Seems important. <laughs> I mean, Look, you, you have anything to add from the Pittsburgh perspective? Because for me, it's like, that's, that's it. That's simple. That's, that's, that's my angle. Well, on the flip side, you go up against the Steelers team that historically, I like to think, is pretty well coached under Mike Tomlin and won't show how to make those mistakes, making it even more important for the Jets. But, man, I mean, Zach Wilson making his return against a Mitch Trubisky-led offense. Uh, what what gets you more excited than that for this matchup? I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I can't wait to watch these offenses. That's a game you'll be watching golf during. Yeah, that's what they call those corner TV games. You throw it on over in the corner. You don't pay much attention though. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Pat's Green Bay looked great on paper. Uh, not great in actuality. Um, oh, Bill Belichick was, uh, Bill Belichick this week, wasn't he? 
Um, He's no doctor. Yeah. It's day to day. Day to day. Day to day. Where are you, as we head towards the end of our program, where are you on this Packer team, though? Because this should be a, 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 a Packer win. Where are you on this team? Yeah, it, it, I imagine it will be a, a Packers win. I mean, I, you know, I'm still not impressed with them. Uh, I was counting on last week being a loss in the standings, and they found a way to, in an ugly fashion, beat barely a, a Buccaneers team. Um, I don't think it's a great Packers team. I, I think for most of Rodgers' careers, uh, career, they haven't been great Packers teams. He always makes up the difference. Now, this year, I'll say, if you watch Green Bay, the offense really struggles the longer the game goes, and I think that's indicative of you know Rodgers with a lot of new young receivers and maybe still not on the same page. Last week they started off pretty strong offensively and then got derailed by a fumble and uh, did not score the the rest of the way. They have not been good in the second half. So you know when they script things and they have plays to work on during the week, uh, they come out and they execute well in the game. And then when it's okay, we have to adjust in the game and Rodgers has to figure out some things on the fly and. Same with these young receivers, um, you know, have to figure out the, the chess match of an NFL game. That's where they really struggle. So I don't think it's a very good team or roster, but just because you have Aaron Rodgers, they'll be there in the in the race uh, by the end of the year, and they should certainly handle their business against the Patriots come Sunday. Um, Sunday night, Mahomes and Bucks. I've got some question marks with it, with this Kansas City team. I think Tampa wins this game. I think I, I, I think the Chiefs are just a little bit off. I agree. I think both teams are a little bit off. Right? It's weird because you're picking one of these quarterbacks has to lose two straight games here, and that doesn't yeah. happen very often. So you, you, you try to bank on which quarterback you think is going to bounce back because neither one played all that great, or at least offensively. The offenses didn't play all that great last week. I think the big difference is the Buccaneers are at home. It's going to be outdoors in Tampa, and maybe there's a little bit of a rallying cry for Tampa after what uh, the state of Florida just went through in the community this week that you know they come out and, and uh, try to go win one for, for the, the people of the area that you know have gone through a tough time. I do trust Brady more, even though the offense has looked terrible. A lot of injuries to the receivers, everything going on in Brady's life. Um, but I, I, I expect more out of him at home on Sunday night than even a Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. So I think the Buccaneers win, but it's interesting because you know, I don't feel too great about either offense or either team right now here the first month of the season. There's another game at 425 that I find interesting. Denver-Vegas. Yes. This should be a Russell Wilson win. I'm not sure it is. What say you? I would take the Broncos, but I'm with you. I mean, they're another one. It's hard to trust them right now. Now, Denver is the only team in the league that has a new quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. And I think we're kind of seeing all those changes for this team right now, a bunch of growing pains. But the Raiders are 0-3. I don't know how much of a home field advantage they have to begin with. And I'm surprised to see Russell Wilson is an underdog in, in this game against a winless team. Um, 
you know, the Raiders, if you go back and look last year, they had a lot of luck on their side. That's how they were able to make the playoffs despite all the adversity, and they won a bunch of close games, and that's something that usually evens out. And this year they haven't been as lucky, and they've lost a few close games. Maybe they're better than the record indicates. But I also think the Broncos haven't looked good. I think they're better than what they've shown so far. I think Denver does win this game. I think they need to. Um, but it is interesting that in this divisional matchup, you have Russell Wilson going to a winless team and being an underdog. Last thing I'll say, just a little tidbit, the Raiders are the first team to be the only 0-3 team in the league since 1959 when the Lions were 0-3. It's the only time since 59 that we've had exactly one 0-3 team after three weeks, and it happens to be the Raiders, and they're favored against Russell Wilson, which uh, speaks to how bad that Broncos offense has looked. I don't know if it's how bad, if it speaks to how bad the, the Broncos offense has looked. I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, he made Eli Manning jokes this week. <laughs> Or that uh, silly Subway uh, commercial. Yes. No, it's definitely concerning. There have been some growing pains. Um, and I, it sounds like the train that goes by my track, by my house, like once every year. Oh. There's an old railroad by my house that's active. Very inoffen. Yeah, not that active. And that may be it. Um, last thing on on this game. What what's your thoughts on Allegiant Stadium? Because to me, so far we've seen some crazy finishes involving the Raiders on the road and at home in that stadium. And I don't know what to read from that. Yeah. I mean, you know it would be interesting putting a team there, and and uh, even if it's not all Raiders fans, you know they're going to do pretty well just by the different uh, transient people in town or those that are coming and going to town, or it's a great place to go for a road trip if your team's playing there. Uh, but I did see some videos from, I think it was their last home game, where people online were mocking the Raider fans, where uh, it shows the difference in the black hole compared to Vegas, where... This year, you saw fans like spraying champagne on one another. It's just a different vibe compared to what you saw in Oakland, where those guys, those fans were just through and through diehards, and that was quite the environment. Seems to be a little bit different when you go into Vegas, uh, a little bit of a different environment now for the Raiders at home. Yeah, a little bit of a difference. Just a wee bit of difference. Not much, but just a wee bit of difference. We've come to the end of our radio program. Aww. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with my sleeper game first. Sure. And it's for the wrong reasons. Bears-Giants. Turf uh-huh. issues. MetLife Stadium. Mm. They're going to have to look into this. Um, I have never been on that turf. My parents have. It is what you would expect of field turf. A much larger discussion to be had here about field turf in the National Football League. Yeah. Yeah, that was unfortunate uh, what happened the other night there on that turf. Um, if, uh, if I were to give you a sleeper game, just because we didn't talk about it, I would say Monday Night Football Rams 49ers uh, McVay against Shanahan. Yes. 
And uh, y'all get to hear that game with Joe and Troy to see if if the Rams, you know, you talk about Super Bowl, you know, um, hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> They're first in their division. It's a, it's, a, it's a division that you can argue in multiple directions. Obviously, Seahawks losing stuff is, is going to be down. Could be the 49ers. Could be the Rams. You know, a couple of different places uh, where that could go. So this is definitely uh, one of those situations where you may not play the best, but it may be good enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, suddenly that division doesn't look uh, at the moment. It's still so early in the year. It doesn't look quite as strong as maybe uh, a lot of people thought. No, and like, I'm sorry, I, you know, and and obviously Ky, uh, 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 Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, you know, will have a say in that. But have the Cardinals been consistent enough? They've shown it in spurts. The most consistent team in that division has been the Rams. Yep. Through and through. So, anyway, um, that's that. Your game of the week. I got to go Bills-Ravens. Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson. Lamar is a a home dog. That should be a fun one. And the Bills, they played, they had ran like 90 plays in that hot, humid weather in Miami last week. Josh Allen had to be held up after the game. Uh, I'm curious how they respond on the road again this week. And remember, this is M&T Bank Stadium. This is all part of the remnants of Ian. Um, not quite the best weather this week or field conditions. Not in terms of a bad feel, but just in terms of there's been a lot of moisture on it. Um, yeah. going to be a whole lot of rainouts. Uh, this weekend in in uh, Major League Baseball, that I, that I can assure you, Luke. Yeah, hey, just as long as they're able to get those games in in Atlanta. Uh, exactly, especially for for Met fans and for uh, Braves fans, and then obviously you look at the Yankees and what you know Aaron Judge is trying to do now, which yeah. is take that next step. Best case scenario happened. We'll all get to him in a moment. Um, you're a game to watch golf during. I, I think you said it was the Jets game. I mean, that's usually a safe bet. Uh, oh, I'm scrolling thanks, games thanks, here. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably stick with that. Or, unfortunately, I think, you know, Packers Patriots probably won't be all that close either. I, I feel for Jim and Tony. I feel for Jim and Tony. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they get a nice trip up, and it's, uh, could be a sleeper. Yep. Could be a sleeper of a game. Um, why won't this let me click here? I would tell you it. I would next tell you. Uh, okay. Um, as you look at it right now. So we've done everything except person or, or or player to watch, right? Yeah, I believe so. Are you more interested in anything football-wise or baseball-wise, just in general? Uh, right now, definitely. I mean, I'll be, I'll be very intrigued by Mets Braves, but definitely football right now. For me, it's 62. 
and it's Aaron Judge. Uh, he has looked a little bit stressed, and I think once he hits his next homer, they can start giving him more days off. They can prep for the playoffs. Um, did did they wind up doing the whole selection show thing? Where you where you where you pick your opponent? Did that make the CBA in in, in these expanded playoffs? I am not sure. I don't think so, but I don't know. I can't say for sure. Let me see how fast I can Google this. Uh... I mean, and that's why the Mets-Braves series, to go back to that, is so huge, because there's a big difference between winning a division and being a top-two seed or being a wild card and having to play in that first round. Yeah. It is... Um... Okay, the the new CBA, I I I think that was for a higher amount, Luke, of uh, things. So uh, there's now three wild cards in each league, um, six teams. Uh, the three division champions and a wild card team in baseball will, will make the postseason for a brand new twelve team format. Um, in each league, the, the, the two division champions that finish with the best record will get the bye. The division champ plays the weakest record in each league in the wild card round. And then everybody, you know, the other two would play, you know, you know, play themselves. And then you move in and you don't recede. So yeah, this that that Met Braves game is pivotal, and you see Francisco Alvarez being uh, called up for the Mets. Um, really, really interesting move uh, on their part to do it this late, September September thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Can you do it this late? Um, so that's something to watch. But mine is Aaron Judge. If he can get past this, the Yankees will be in position A, I think, um, to wrap everything up and and start resting people. Because, boy, do they need to rest people. This has been a stressful, stressful, stressful stretch. But they have a nice little uh, eight-and-a-half game lead over the Guardians um, for... Third best record in the league. So, could be another Houston Yankee ALCS. Just what I want, Luke. Yay. That's what everyone wants. All righty. And who's your person or player to watch? I'm not not sure you gave it. I could say Brian Hoyer. He's lost 11 straight starts. That's unfortunate. Or since you said Aaron Judge, I'll say Roger Maris Jr., uh, forget Judge breaking the record. How about Maris Jr. being able to go home finally once Judge breaks this record after spending two weeks on the road with the Yankees? Go home. And Aaron Judge's mom. <laughs> yeah, well, that, at least she's got a reason to be there regardless. Uh, that's fair. Uh, Luke, thank you as always. We'll see you next week in the Sunday Sprint. Looking forward to it.